Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, everybody, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, welcome back, Woof. okay, so I got a nice, nice Wednesday episode for you guys, Wednesday episode coming for you guys, loading currently, um, I, hope, I hope you guys are ready, hope you guys are ready and locked in. I'm ready myself. Got a lot to get into. We're going to have some, you know, I have an NBA topic, talk about Russell Westbrook and so forth, but also got some NFL topic. And I will have a, je- uh, I'll be having a guest join me today. Um, a familiar, fa- a familiar voice, familiar face, a familiar friend of the show, Ron, Ron of the MNR show. He also has his own podcast. So that should be pretty fun too. We get into that. But without further ado, you guys know how we give it up on a Wednesday episode, so let's get into it. I'm your humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Hope you guys are locked in and ready. Um, shouts out to all the first-time listeners. Shouts out to all the regular listeners. If you're a regular listener, shouts out to you. If somebody put you onto this podcast, shouts out to you. Greatly appreciate everybody, anybody that's listening. You could have been anywhere else. So... As I've already have stated, as I already, you know, I got a little bit out of the way, I am going to be talking about Russell Westbrook. And I know for my regular listeners, <laughs> I know for my regular listeners, I know you guys are probably like, oh, anytime it's time, anytime it's, it's time, anytime it's time to talk about Baker or Russell Westbrook, here comes you. Here comes Isaiah. And you better know it. <laughs> you better know it. Here I come. Here, here, here I come. Yes, that, that's the right way to put it. Here I come. And like I said, I, I have made this conscious gut inside decision in myself to not to talk about Russell Westbrook as much as I used to. And that's for my regular listeners. You guys know I've been trying I've been trying to hold steady to that because the argument does become very, very, very repetitive. But there was some sort of breaking news um, of Russell Westbrook and his longtime 14-year agent parting ways. His agent parted ways. Him and his agent parted ways this past week um, or towards the end of last week, I should say, right? Is that the better? Yeah, say like that. You know, last week, at the end of last week, Russell Westbrook and his agent parted ways. Um, and this whole Laker thing, because the, 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 you know, the latest report is LeBron, AD, Russell Westbrook, they all had a phone call. And, you know, they saying they're going to try to, they're going to try to make things right. They're going to try to do it the right way this year. And for all intensive purposes, uh, any source close to the Lakers, any source to the Lakers that you can think of, literally have put, like last year, they described Russell Westbrook in a Laker uniform. Anytime you ask a close source to the Laker or the Lakers organization, anybody that's dealing with the Lakers organization, you ask them about Russell Westbrook and... The Lakers, they will say it was an absolute shit show. <laughs> like, it was horrible. Last year was very, very horrible and hard to watch. If you were a Laker fan, um, if you were a LeBron fan, 
if you were a Russell Westbrook supporter. Um, you it was very difficult to watch. And like I said, any close source that you ask that's close to this Lakers situation, that's close to this Russell Westbrook situation, they will tell you that Russell Westbrook last year in LA was a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. And if you want me to be honest, the Lakers over the over this this whole offseason, I feel like they have kind of wasted time with trying to convince themselves we can make this Russell Westbrook thing work. So much to the point where the Lakers, during their hiring process of their coaches, um, when they were interviewing their coaches candidates, they would promptly ask their coaching candidates, well, how do you feel about Russell Westbrook? How are you going to incorporate Russell Westbrook into your plan? So the Lakers themselves have tried to, in a way, convince themselves that, hey, this Laker thing is going to be yay okay. This Westbrook thing is going to be yay okay. And I don't know. I kind of – I look at it as baloney. I, I don't I – don't, I can't really buy into it. It's very hard for me to wrap my arms around it when LeBron's not even talking to Russell Westbrook at summer league games. LeBron's not even talking nowhere, nowhere near Russell Westbrook in public. Um, and I want to read the statement. I want to read the statement from Russell Westbrook uh, agent. This is what his uh, agent said, Ted Faulkner. His agent uh, released a statement and said, hey, with the possibility of a fourth trade in four years, the marketplace is telling the Lakers they must add additional value with Russell, with Russell in any trade scenario. My belief is that this type of transaction only serves to diminish Russell's value and his best option is to stay with the Lakers, embrace the starting role, and, and support that Darvin Ham publicly offered. Unfortunately, in in, in Reconcilable differences exist as as to his best pathway forward, and we are no longer working together. That was the that was the statement that his agent released. And from this point on, let's actually just peel back the layers and let's look at this Russell Westbrook. Let's look at this Russell Westbrook situation in its totality. And I have long been on this podcast. I, this is now three. Like I said, la, uh, at the beginning of July, it made it three years of my podcast that I've that I've been that I've started this podcast. And I will say, for my new listeners, I have been correct, and I have found myself on the right side of of plenty of conversations and debates that I have had on this podcast. But if there's any, any one topic that I have completely nailed 100% all three of my years of me podcasting, it has been the Russell Westbrook topic. It, it, out of all the topics, out of every topic that I have covered on this podcast, and I've, like I said, I've found myself on the right side of a lot of, of plenty, of a handful, plenty of topics that I've discussed. But if I had to pick any topic, any topic, out of all of the topics that I have discussed and talked about on my podcast, I have been spot dead on and nailed, and nailed the Russell Westbrook topic. 
anything Russell Westbrook, I have completely nailed it. I People ask me to come on their podcast, I have completely nailed it. Anytime it's time for me to talk about Russell Westbrook, I have nailed it. And this is not me. Um, I, this is not me. I don't because I don't want to belittle Russell Westbrook. I don't want to make it seem like uh, I'm demeaning Russell Westbrook because I think, like, I think as a person, as a guy, Russell Westbrook is probably a. Uh, I think me and him will probably get along because I like his personality. Like, I like his forwardness. His, I, I like his unapologetic personality because that's what it comes off as. And um, like as a person, I think he's. He's probably excellent as a person. He's probably a pretty good friend to have. I can probably assure you that. I'm sure I know I know he has a he has a family. I've heard he's a pretty good family guy. I heard he's very charitable. Pretty good guy off the court. But in terms of on the court and his basketball play, I have been impressed because of how highly dynamic he is, but I all at the same time and even more I have been highly critical on his play style, and I don't think his play style is conducive to winning championships. And as his agent said at the beginning of his statement, this will make a possibility four teams in four years. Four teams in four years, and his and and, and right now, the Russell Westbrook market, there is no market. There, there, there is no market because teams don't even want to touch Westbrook, him and his contract. So there, so the market right now, there is no market as his agent kind of, kind of put it out there. Like, hey, this is what this is Russell's fourth team in four years. His contract in any type of trade scenario that the Lakers have had with any other team around the league, it has included that the, you know the team, the the other team has has emphasized the fact and the notion that more value is going to be added. It's going to be needed because Russell Westbrook and his contract, it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. And I, I, like when I saw his, when I saw him and Russell, you know, Russell Westbrook and his agent parting ways, I thought of like, Hey, Russell Westbrook can't get along with others. I don't know. Was he that kid that that couldn't get along with others? Where and, and you know, and which when you get your report card, I remember getting my report card, and there used to be a not you know pass your grades, right? Obviously, there used to be a section where like, is he does he play kind with others? Does he get along with others? And usually, I'm a, I'm a pretty social guy. I'm a pretty cool guy. So like, yeah, I, like that was the you know. I, my teachers would probably check the box like, yeah, he gets along with others. He's, you know, he's really good with, you know, he has really good collaboration skills. But Wes Westbrook would probably get like, uh, doesn't really play well as well. Doesn't, doesn't really get along with others. <laughs> and at this point, it's like divorce or t- divorces are tough. Like a divorce right now is imminent. And, and, ter- and in terms of divorces, right, I always, I always say this. And this is, I can care less how you feel about this person, but I think about like Kim Kardashian. I think with the conclusion of her marriage with Kanye West, right? I think this now makes three marriages that she has been in and then she's soon gotten divorced. 
people may call Kanye a crazy person, right? People, you know, we have all these uh, adjectives. People may have all these adjectives to describe Kanye. But <laughs> nobody's looking at Kim K as like, okay, this is your third marriage. Maybe you're the problem. Like, I, I, I'm always that guy. I am always that guy. When it comes to, when I look at divorces and I'm like, okay, Kim K, you've been in three different marriages. They haven't, neither of them have worked. So this is your third divorce. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe your partner isn't the problem. Maybe you're the problem because you're the constant common denominator. And this is what it is with Russell Westbrook. Like four teams in four years, maybe it's not the organization. Maybe like, maybe it's you, <laughs> you know, man. Like I always think about that when it, like when it comes to divorces and I see like, I see a person that has had like multiple divorces or that has been in multiple marriages. And I always question, I'm like, well, maybe, maybe a partner. Okay. Is this the first time your partner has been divorced? Okay. How you've been in how many marriages? Three? Uh maybe, maybe you're the problem. <laughs> maybe, maybe you might you might be the problem. But I think about it like this. This this role Russell Westbrook in its totality. OKC, the Oklahoma City Thunder created a monster. They created this monster that can't be effective elsewhere and be successful. Isaiah, what you mean? Russell Westbrook's a great player. I mean it's about it like, like this. OKC, I feel like people in OKC, especially when Durant left, but even with Durant there, they always tended, and Durant was clearly more talented, but they always tended to wrap their arms around Westbrook. They they always tended to wrap their arms around this rest around this Westbrook thing, and like I said, I I'd be the first to tell you Westbrook and his prime and his athletic prowess. He was super athletic, super dynamic, and exciting to watch. Like I said, I don't his play style wasn't conducive to winning championships. It's not conducive for long-term winning, but it was exciting. And you would pay top dollar for it. But is would that be the guy you build around? No. And I've always have said that. But OKC wrapped their arms around that, and they created this monster that can't be effective elsewhere and can't be successful elsewhere. And think about it. The triple double. When people, when when there was some people, when Russell Westbrook, I think he had three straight seasons where he averaged triple double, and there was some people saying, "Hey, I mean this triple double stat, it's good and all, but when people were saying the triple double stat, Russell Westbrook stats were inflated. The triple double stat was not as meaningful as it once was, or as it sh probably should be." You know what people you know what you know what the pushback was in OKC? Oh, you're a hater. You're you're a damn hater. You're a hater. That's that's that that, that was the pushback. That was the pushback. It, it started with the whole triple double thing after the rants after the rant left. 
after the rant, after the rant's exit, it started with the whole triple double thing where people, you know, I, I was one of those people that I was like, hey, uh, the triple, it's impressive, like just raw numbers, it's impressive. But you look at his, I mean, the stats are inflated. I was one of those people, like, the stats are a bit inflated. The triple double stat. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't hold the same significance as it once did, or as it should. Probably, I was one of those people that was saying that. I got a lot of pushback. A lot of people got a lot of pushback. If you if you said that, a lot you got pushback, and and it was you're a hater. Oh, you're a hater. You you hate Russell Westbrook, and I'm like, no, I don't hate Russell Westbrook. I'm just telling you, like, it, yeah, he, you know, he's okay, cool. He's a point guard getting rebounds. I guess that's an asset, <laughs> I guess. But a lot of his, a lot, you know, a, a good percentage of his rebounds were long rebounds. He's able to, he's getting others involved. Uh, he's making others better. Uh, I don't know if he's actually making others better because there's a difference between getting assists, like piling up assists, and then like actually making the game easier for others. I don't know if Russell Westbrook was making the game easier for others. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, yeah, he scores a lot of points. Well, yeah, he scores a lot of points, but he takes a lot of shots, and it's highly inefficient. But when you said that, when you said that, it was hell. You got hell. If you were to say something like that about Russell Westbrook, you would get pushed back, and you would be called a hater. I don't know how that works. I don't know how I, I I don't know how that can go two and two, but that would be the case. This past year, he led the NBA in missed layups. He was the worst qualified three point shooter in the league. He was second in the NBA in turnovers, and didn't he didn't take any accountability for it whatsoever. Actually, he publicly he publicly humiliated Frank Vogel and the system. And then Frank Vogel exit, obviously he got, he got fired. And people, and, and for people calling that out, that's hating. That is the stigma that was created in OKC. Anytime you call out Russell Westbrook on his numbers, you call him out on his stats, it's like, oh, you're hating. You're hating. It's a triple-double. You're hating. And I'm like, no, I'm not hating. But they're like, you're, no, 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 you're hating. You're hating on Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, nah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I remember having these conversations full out. Full out. And I'd be like, yeah, I think the triple-double stat is cool. He gets them, yeah. But mm, I, I don't think it means or it holds as much value as it once did or as it should. And if you said that, boy, you would get pushback. You would get a lot of pushback. Well, this is what is left. This is this is what has gotten you. Four teams in four years, and literally every departure of whatever team he leaves has been kind of a nasty breakup. The Wizards thing, uh, maybe not the Wizards thing. Maybe the Wizards wasn't like a nasty breakup. But every other situation has been a nasty breakup. And it's bad enough. It is bad enough. That, the, that divorces are challenging and difficult and tedious. But then it's a whole nother thing when divorces are nasty. 
it's a whole double ball game when divorces are nasty. In this divorce, it may get nasty. <laughs> it may get nasty. So I, that that's what I have to say. All of my, for the past three years, I have been compiling up nothing but data. <laughs> I'm a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy, but I also... I also understand the importance of the eye test. I'm a numbers guy, but I always and I've always and I always stick by it. And I've always understood the importance of the eye test. And it, 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 I think it's something to be said. You can have information at your disposal. You can have numbers at your disposal but without understanding or without understanding these numbers and the uh, and and this data that you get the the information is useless it's nothing so you can have information at your disposal but if you're not actually grasping it and understanding it the information is meaningless so with Russell Westbrook numbers, like I said, I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers. I'm a numbers guy. And you, if you just look at his raw stats, yeah, it's phenomenal. But if we're actually understanding his stats, breaking down his numbers, and then actually watching it with my eyes, with our eyes, my eyes was telling me something else. My eyes were telling me something different. My eyes were telling me, yeah, this guy is putting up amazing numbers, historical numbers, but... It's not conducive to winning. I don't know if he makes others better around him. I don't know if this makes his team any much better. If that's a if that's the proper way to put it. I don't know if this makes his team better. This play is clearly not efficient. <laughs> so yeah, the stats look good. The raw numbers look good. But you got to now put the understanding. Okay, you have this information. But now, what's the understanding? What are you getting out of the information? Because what I got out of the information from Russell Westbrook is, hey, his numbers look great. But the things that really mean something ain't adding up. Does he make others better? Uh, I don't know. Does this make his team better? Uh, Probably don't. Is he like himself? Like, is it like is it efficient? Mm, no, it, it's, it's like clearly not. That tells me all I need to know. That tells me all I need to know. So, that's that on Wes Westbrook. Um, him and his agent part ways, and like I said, the latest report to come out of the Lakers is out of L.A. I should say, is hey. All three, you know, the big, the quote-unquote big three, AD, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James all communicated, and they said, hey, you know, we're going to try to make this thing work. We'll see what happens in L.A. But I'll be back after this quick break. All right, so as I, um, you know, as I already promised, I am going to do, I did a top ten teams list for you guys last week. I'm not going to do a top ten list this week, but I am going to break down um, and discuss this highly, highly controversial. And I, I think when we see these lists, we always, there's always some type of reaction. There's always somebody that's snubbed. But I'm not going to do it by myself. I'm going to bring on, like I said, a familiar face. 
a familiar voice, a familiar friend of the show to come on. Uh, Ron, I have Ron from the MNR show, but also Ron has he's launched. Uh, how, how long has it been? Like a month now? Yeah, it's been like a month since we because we launched the MNR network. We wanted to do more, yeah. give more content to everyone. Uh, so then me and Malcolm launched our own shows. Mine is called Franchise Mode with Ron Harara Jr. I, I want to do that more because I want to focus more on the Apple and the Spotify too, as well as the YouTube content because I want to do some longer episodes. But I want to give like the bit by bit on the YouTube. So it's been really fun. We've had some really good guests so far for I took like a, this week off because I'm going on vacation. But next week we're literally right back into it. So for sure, yeah. for sure. I thought when I, when you told me the idea of you guys not uh, launching the network, I thought that was a pretty dope idea. Um, and it kind of like expands. It can expand, you know, you know, listenership and so forth. Uh, so definitely, I will definitely leave the link in the description below so you guys can check out Ron's independent. He has his own solo podcast that he does. Uh, focus a lot on the Wizards and the Cowboys. So if you're a Wizards fan, if you're a Cowboys fan, you know, you might want to tap into that. But he also gets into a lot of other things. Um, so shouts out to him for doing that. Uh, I thought that's a I thought that was a great way to expand. Um, so now, Ron, you know, we got to like, as I said, we got to get to football season right around the corner. Um, yep. So. That you know, according to some league executive coaches, scouts, and players, you know, they came up with a top 10 quarterbacks ranking. And I, I can read out the list, I have the list in front of me. Um, mm-hmm. but the list reads Aaron Rodgers at one, Patrick Mahomes at two, Josh Allen at three, Tom Brady at four, Joe Burrow at five, Matthew Stafford at six, Justin Herbert at seven, Russell Wilson at eight. Deshaun Watson at nine, and finally, but not you know, last but not least, Dak at number ten. So, yeah. I'm gonna just give you my first initial reactions. I don't necessarily have like a concrete listed in order top ten quarterback list, but I will be I'll be the first to tell you my first two quarterbacks. If I was to start a list or make a list, my first two quarterbacks would probably be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think based off of what they have done so far, like first, I think coming into this year, if you don't, I feel like if you don't have those top two guys as your, as your guy, as like the top two guys on your list, I, I, I don't know where we, where I was like, I don't know where else the discrepancy comes from, but I think with obviously Mahomes being a Super Bowl champion, MVP, he's got, you know, he's taken Kansas City back to the AFC championship game uh, four straight years as a starter. Um, and then Josh Allen was absolutely phenomenal and had an absolutely phenomenal playoff run. I thought Buffalo was the better team um, than Kansas City this past year. So I think with all of that in itself, I, those would be my top two guys. But, you know, just yeah. give me your overall, like, what was the most, like, what stood out to you on this list? Yeah, so right now, if you're doing the progress, like, I have, like, my own list and all the stats, and I have the ESPN list. I actually didn't, like, I saw the list two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't looked at it since I made my own list. I didn't realize, my list is definitely pretty similar. Yeah. 
I, I mean, of course, it's like, you know, some switches here and there. I don't understand how Deshaun Watson counts on this. Like, just for optics in general, like, I don't know what made them put him on the list. Personally, I just didn't even, because he's not even just a part of my list in general until he, like, plays. Because it's just We like, haven't seen him in two years. That's fair. It, it's just like, why? Like, it, it, it it's no, like, it's not going to get him any money from you putting him on the list. It's not doing anything for your list to have him on there. It's just like, he just needs, like, like, a, like a DQ. Right. Like, he's like, <laughs> You know, like WWE, he's somebody with a bell. You're just qualified. Like he just, he can't be on the list, no matter what you think about the situation or not. Uh, I mean, overall, like I think the list is decent. Like these are basically, I think, like the top ten guys. I mean, if you just take out Deshaun, you just add Lamar. Mm-hmm. Like you could probably scramble it a little bit more. I think these are your your top ten guys. I do. Would you, I do understand what you're saying about Allen. I do have Rogers over him for now. Got to get a better last year. But it's just the playoff stuff for Rodgers is, like, really bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, unless it's the Cowboys, like, it just hasn't been the standard that you hope for from someone like him. And then coming off of Josh Allen's last playoff game, in which he lost, he, he looked amazing, though, in that game. He looked amazing. So I, I get that, too. But, I mean, people also get on Russell Wilson for the same thing. It's like the, the playoffs just haven't been as good for a while as people would assume it has. So I think that's it's just going to probably ding him two on the list. I think that's why he's like a little lower as well. Come plus he's come up like the injury and the last season wasn't as good. Right. So those those are really the two that stand out for me. And it's crazy like Joe Burrow's already in the top five. He probably sad case he probably wasn't on these people's top fifteen list last year. I'm pretty sure. No, really. <laughs> I, I so, so yeah, that I was, was that was that was a standout was the Burrow. I mean I love seeing Herbert on there Stafford. Again another person that probably wasn't on most people's top ten last year. Mm-hmm. But I mean McVay, like I mean, you even though you, you see Matthew Stafford's name is Stafford plus McVay equals a definitely a top top ten quarterback. quarterback. Yes, absolutely. So, not mad at him being there at all. Uh, so I was gonna say, obviously, a lot of people were enraged that Lamar Jackson wasn't on there. Um, yes. Can you? So a lot of people, like I said, uh, there were some other guys that could have made the list that I thought had a a valid argument for being like in the bot like nine or ten. Uh, I think that, and don't get me wrong, I think Dak's a top 10 quarterback because I know there's some people out there that do, that don't think that. I don't know how when you watch some of the tape and just some of the improvement that Dak has made over the past several years. But a guy like Kyla Mary, a guy like Derek Carr, a guy like, um, or you like you said, you I, I, would, I would agree with you. I would probably replace Watson and put Lamar in. A guy like Kyla Mary or Derek Carr, how like what could be their argument to getting on this list or being a top ten quarterback? Yeah, well, starting with Murray, he was just he Burrow had the number one like uh, he was like the most accurate quarterback under like the like on target passes. He was eighty three percent of his Burrow's passes were on target, number one in the league. Kyler Murray was second. Uh, Derek Carr was in the top five. Like Brady was like twenty fourth. Mm. Like Matt, Matthew Stafford was in the twenties. Like a lot of these quarterbacks, I mean. That tells you again that that statistic probably isn't the best either if all his quarterbacks are not at the highest of the list. But just going back on just on target accuracy passes, they were both really good. Callum Murray kind of hit like well in almost every single category. Like if you look at his like advanced numbers, they were like it's like an A plus, to be honest, the whole last year. For him, it's just like every season you get hurt, every season you start strong and you get worse. Right. Every when you get in this year, when you got to the playoffs, I mean, I'm not even sure. Like, I'm I didn't even want to look up the stats. I thought they would embarrass his my take on him even more because when I by watching the game, it was like extremely bad. 
even when Lamar would have bad playoff games, like he'd be trying, he'd be failing. Like right. you're like, okay, at least he's like the guy trying to win. He might throw a pick here and there, but like clearly the effort was there. I'm not even sure Kyle even wanted to be on the field. Like it, it looked, it was really bad. He zoned out. Like, like it was like that little kid like pouting at recess because he can't use the basketball. Like he, that was Kyler Murray. So that's what I think. That's what dings him. That's probably why he isn't on the list. But his stats were really good. But it's just the injuries and trends. You know, trends matter in in sports. Like you have a trend if I'm always hurt, right? And then I wane off at the end of the year. And it's like that's kind of what's going to be your narrative because you were a five nine moves slash five ten quarterback. Like it's kind of what people assumed kind of what's going to happen because like when you start taking more and more hits as the season goes on right then people probably would predict that he was going to get worse that's mm-hmm. kind of what's happened that kind of sucks but besides that i mean the rushing stats are really good too i think he should run a little bit more he slides really well um Derek carr i just don't think i think he can win a super bowl with Derek carr i think me and you have talked about that before yeah i just don't know if he's like a top 10 guy like i mean like if someone gets hurt like, of course, like he's going to be top 10 left. But, like, overall, I don't think he has enough. Like, the stats aren't, like, great. They're, like, good, not great. Right. Probably stats overall. Even the advanced numbers aren't, like, amazing. He has, he's pretty accurate, but, like, he doesn't, he doesn't like, throw a, like, throw the deep ball as much as you probably would like. I mean, Ruggs did, you know. I mean, we know what happened with Ruggs. But yeah. <laughs> after the Ruggs left, after the Ruggs situation, like, it, the deep ball wasn't really there. But, but he does have Devontae Adams. So I think you can project him to be better than last year. So, yeah, I think with so with Carr, like his numbers aren't overwhelming. I would say time and time again, especially last year, you look at all what Vegas had going on with John Gruden, um, you, just so much PR hell. I, I I know whoever like their PR person was probably just scrambling and had the the year of their career last year with all of the PR dismantling and th- like in the improvement that they had to do. But you look at what Carr had was faced with last year. I was so, so surprised that the Raiders were even a playoff team. I, I thought the Chargers were m- way talented and uh, and better. Um, but the Chargers got, o- I mean, the Raiders got over the hump. And a lot of that had to do with Derek Carr down the stretch, winning some big time games. Like, you know, he beat, he beat you know, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, yep. He beat Indianapolis late down the stretch, and obviously he beat the Chargers uh, that 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 season finale. Um, so I, I I would I would tend to agree. I don't think he's like borderline top ten. Like if you couldn't have none of these guys on like on the list or that we have talked about, like then yeah, Carr is like the next best guy for the job. Yeah, I literally have him twelfth. So I can mean he's that close. Like, yeah, twelfth. I have Murray eleventh. Like that. I mean, like they're not like just below the list. Like these are two bowls I believe you can still win a two bowl with. Like I think they still deserve every single penny. Kyler Murray is probably still going to get be the highest big quarterback in the NFL, if not close, very soon. Their card just got a raise as well. Like these, they're going to get paid too. Like if you got Ryan Tannehill making over thirty million dollars, who I like, still <laughs> these are clearly a tier above him. You got Kirk Cousins making over thirty million dollars. These guys are clearly a, above him as well. Right, a so cut above like, him. So it's just like. Yeah, like these are like, well. Like one thing I can say, I think Carr might be the, your last quarterback you can almost win the Super Bowl with. Now you can maybe argue a couple of the of the younger guys like the Mac Jones, maybe if he you know stays on his track. Yeah, and you know some of those guys possibly, but Carr is like almost like he's almost like the cutoff. Like they like they have like a height cutoff at the carnival. He's like the cutoff to win a Super Bowl. Like your last guy on that quarterback list. Absolutely. 
and and you know, like if you're a franchise, and I, I always say, like if you don't have one of these ten guys, like good luck trying to compete. Like if you don't have one of these ten guys, and your coach isn't phenomenal, like like with Sean, and this it kind of I kind of weighing on it and think about it often now, like how good Sean McVay was because with Jared Goff, he was not a top ten quarterback, but it just showed you. Like McVeigh was that damn good of a coach where in, in elite where he got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff and like he was not even remotely close to these guys. And it's just so damn hard in this in, in this league to win playoff games and to be consistent, let alone win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl without one of these 10 to 12 guys that we have named. Like Yeah, and I always, I always is like I'm marveling. I'm I'm just in awe of the different type of quarterbacks that I see on this list. Like they come in all different shapes and sizes. All of them have different games, um, or some of them have similar games. But like I look at like Josh Allen and uh, Justin Herbert, like two big physical, two big six five, six six kids that can sling the ball. Then you yeah. got the smaller guys like Russell Wilson, uh, you know that that you know just small but still smart can sling it. And then the arm talent of Rodgers, Mahomes, Stafford, the, and then Dak. I think like like out of this whole list, like Dak is like the guy that's kind of like you know doesn't really wow you, but he has just the dramatic improvement. Like you can win. I think you can win a Super Bowl with that. For the people that don't think Dak should be a top 10 quarterback or don't think Dak is a top 10 quarterback, can you just go into explain why you think Dak's a top 10 quarterback? Because I think he's a top 10 quarterback as well. Yeah, I mean, Dak first, when I look at the advanced numbers, he actually surprised me how good it actually was. Like he was number two in EPA per attempt in the pocket. He was number three standard dropbacks. He was number he was the number one quarterback in the NFL last year under pressure. Mm-hmm. He was yep. 10th is 78% on target passes above all like the Brady, Mahomes, Allen, like all those guys. He was more on he threw more on target balls than all those guys. He was 7.5 yards per attempt. He still had 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, like for over 4,000 yards. Now people are going to say like he had like the bad division, but we also didn't think Brady for that in his prime. I mean, as we shouldn't have, like that. You kind of have to do with what you can do. And so he's in a division that he is like he's the best quarterback in that division by far. Yep. So I mean he's just he's, he was really, really good last year. It's just sad that we saw like the numbers before the calf injury and after the calf injury. It just it was a, just a different guy and a different offense. TBH. Like before the calf injury, they the Cowboys had well they were they were they were the number one offense by yardage alone last year, even with the injury. Facts. But before the injury it was just like a blowout. They were just destroying teams yardage like net yardage wise. He's been consistent, even the you know, uh, what was that twenty twenty? But when he got hurt, I think around week five against the Giants, yeah. So he, he was on pace to break the yardage record. I mean, the Cowboys were winning, like, but like uh, it's just a certain like we we all know like I mean, sometimes it's stat pad and all that, but like overall, like I always say, if it's that easy, like why doesn't everyone do it? And it's just like that just wasn't normal. He's had over an eighty PFF grade over his last three seasons, like. He, he, he to me, Dak Brady checks all the boxes. Like you know, you always as a Cowboys like, who would you trade Dak for? And to me, it's not that many guys. Like it's not. trade them today and like project for like five years. Like and it's 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 really most of just the young guys. 
it's kind of it. Like I, I love Stafford, wouldn't trade him for Dak. Like they love Deshaun, even Russell Wilson. Like the the age plus what you what they're doing currently isn't going to make me want to make that trade. Right. It's only for certain guys like you're Josh Allen, you're Mahomes, you're Herbert, you're Burrow. They have like a four or five year age gap. I'm like, okay, I can get the age with the more probably a little bit more talent, and that makes more sense to me. But overall, I think he checks all the boxes, and I probably as a cowboy, you probably are going to have that for your next eight years, like something like that. He's only twenty eight. So you'll probably have him for another eight years. So he's thirty six. Yeah, that and that and, and like with Dak, if the Cowboys and they, they the Cowboys have done a great job with drafting. Nobody wants to talk about it, but they have done a great job and they continue to do a good job with drafting. Like you can win a, I think you can win a Super Bowl with Dak. Um, now whether or not you can win it with him being like this. 40 passing touchdown quarterback like that that still remains to be seen but i think you can win it with him as your guy um so can we get your top 10 list yeah yeah definitely okay so at number one i have mahomes number two i have rogers number three josh allen number four brady five burrow six stafford seven herbert Mm. Eight Russell Wilson, nine Dak, and ten Lamar Jackson. Oh, and my last like three, mm-hmm. I really like. It was tight. I mean, it was kind of because like you want to put Lamar higher, but the numbers just don't show love. Like they just don't. Like the <laughs> the advanced numbers don't show. Love. He was like, I have him. I like really did like a deep dive on Lamar. He was like in the thirties for a lot of advanced metrics. He had five five of his advanced metrics were the twenties. So it was just like it just weren't showing love. Now we don't we see him in the field. He's a lot better than that because we also have to add the rushing aspect, get over like seven hundred rushing yards, right? In limited games, so clearly that adds to it as well. We can't act like like that doesn't matter, but like also like on the he was seventy two percent on target passing, which was thirty second. Like that just that is isn't going to cut it, right? In a playoff setting, but like overall, I think he, he he's enough to be in the top ten though. So, but that's yeah, that's my top ten list. Now, of course, I already kind of gave that away that Murray, Kyler Murray, and Derek Carr are eleven and twelve. So, really, the list is really similar to ESPN's. So I just took out Watson, uh, I flipped Mahomes and Rogers, and yeah, that's literally it. I moved Dak up one, and I inserted Lamar. Like, yeah, overall, like that's why I, th- I thought ESPN list was like a, at least an eight point half, nine out of ten. Like those are the guys. At least you can always argue about order slightly. But like, come on, like if you if you argue somebody's like ten or eight, like this, these are like pity, you know, very pity. nitpicky type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so with so with the the younger guys, yeah. Obviously, we have uh, Mahomes, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like those two, are like off the board, like they're they're phenomenal. But I look at Barrow and Herbert because we were having this conversation last year before Cincinnati's yeah. playoff run. You were you have always I, I like Burrow, but you you're the Burrow guy. I like Justin Herbert. I'm the Herbert guy, and yeah. I thought Herbert. I think and it's kind of hard to argue Herbert over Burrow after the playoff run because you know because Bur- yeah, Herbert has yet to get to the playoffs yet. Um, so and we haven't seen him in that environment, so it's you know it's like comparing apples to oranges. But tell me what 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 gets you what gets the edge for. Burrow over Herbert right now, like what is it? Yeah, well, first uh, the caveat is that the list isn't like talent. 
Like, I mean, of course, he's more talented. Like, that's just unarguable. Mm -hmm. And he can, like, do more. And he's still, and he's, and he's a year younger. I just think Burrow, up until this point, like, coming off last season and then projecting this next season. That's how I made the list. I'm going off of your last season and then trying to project into next year. I think so. That's why I have Burrow above him. Like, Burrow, again, just was, he had the highest PFF grade any quarterback. <laughs> he, he had the highest passing grade. He was number one in one target passing. He was just, the, the all the metrics show him love but then besides that even though in the playoffs he wasn't as good as people think it just seemed like in the fourth quarter he made he all always got it done always like it's just like in the fourth quarter he's always getting it done and his biggest thing is he was number he, he was the 31st ranked quarterback for epa per attempt under pressure so absolutely terrible but right. when he wasn't under pressure he was number two so once again if you're projecting that you're looking at okay they added with the new offensive line, improved like offensive three line. Linemen. Mm -hmm. they added Collins, uh, uh, what's his name, Alex Kappa, and they added new center. So it's like they went all in. And I like, I actually like what they did better than the Chiefs. I know everyone's kind of saying the same thing, but like they didn't just spend heavy on one player or two players. They went, they just wanted a average to good player at all five spots. You don't need an elite offensive line. You just need it to be average at every single slot. You need no weak link. The Bengals address that. I think Burrow will be elite. I think so will Herbert too. Like again, this is like really a turn. I think I just think Burrow also has better weapons too. I think it's going to give him a little bit better numbers next year. So I think that's what's going to separate them is kind of the weapons too because they kind of do a lot of similar things. But I think I just like Jamar more, more than I like Keenan Allen. I low key even like T Higgins more than I like Mike Williams. Ooh. And of course, then we got. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I mean, come on to me. I like Guy, he's a deep threat, but like overall, like, come on, Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's better. Yeah. He, yeah. But T. Higgins, T. Higgins and Mike Williams, are like, dang near the same receiver. Damn near. Like, the entire, in terms of size and, you know, jump ball ability, damn near. And they're both Clemson guys. Both yeah, Clemson look, guys. I actually, for, I actually forgot that, literally. Like, the same mode. And you have Justin Ross, who's the same mode. Same mode as those guys. Yeah. That's what they grab. They're, they're true. X receivers, like outside guys, they are never going to be slot guys. Right. The Cowboys, we have our guy, we have our Michael Gallup. Like every team kind of has that one guy on the team. Like the, the you know Brady has Mike Evans. Like all teams have a type of X receiver. I like T Higgins best. I think he's one of the best number two receivers. I think Burrow has the number one receiving core too. So I just think I think that's kind of what, what I think that's that gap between them. Okay. Okay. I think okay. So with Herbert, I guess this would be my case. Obviously, as you talked about talent, uh, Herbert 6'5", 6'6". It's so funny. I always marvel at it. Like, I always laugh, like, at the fact, like, people was calling Justin Herbert, like, a poor man's version of Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, uh, well, maybe, maybe Trevor Lawrence might be a poor man's version of Justin Herbert. But yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but Trevor Lawrence, I, I, I've seen him over the all season. He has gotten bigger. So he, he looks like he's ready. Uh, so we'll see what Lawrence does. But with Herbert, I think you make a valid point. I think Cincinnati has – so the Chargers improved their offensive line last year with going out to Corey Lindsley, and obviously they draft, they hit, they, they hit, they struck gold in the draft with Rashawn Slater. Um, I think that – I think he's going to be probably the best left – after Trent Williams, I think he was probably like the best left tackle yeah. in football last year uh, as a second year, as a rookie. Um and so I, I don't expect that to get better. Uh, I'm looking at the Chargers. I'm expecting them to be a playoff team. Like, even in a, 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 a I mean, that division is crazy. 
but I expect yeah. them to be a playoff team. So hopefully Herbert, um, I I expect his numbers to be pretty good. You know, similar to what he did last year. Uh, I'm I'm not sure the exact ma- amount or total, but I'm sure he had high passing yardage numbers and so forth. Um, but the, I think over the first two years he's had the most passing yards and the most touchdowns, um, for a, a first two year quarterback. Uh, so that that he's on a phenomenal track and pace. In terms of his numbers, now I think it's a more of a correlation of some of his talent staying healthy on defense, so the Chargers can last and so they can be, you know, you know, reputable on defense. Um, and then Staley getting over those those first year coaching humps. Um, so if the Chargers can do that, they'd be in good position to get in the playoffs, and we'll see what Herbert could do in the postseason. Um, is there any more else you want to get into in terms of this list? Yeah, I mean, we really didn't get a chance, I guess, to talk about yeah. uh, just Russell Wilson in general. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of like floating out there. I've seen like some people, have, some people have him as high as like four. Some people have him as low as like ten or eleven. Like I, he's been like really like all across the list. Okay. So just what do you, just what do you think about the, the Russell Wilson thing? He's like kind of just like randomly at eight. Like I think I'm at eight too, but he's like weirdly like at eight to me. Okay, so here's the thing with Russell Wilson, because I'm I'm a big Russell Wilson supporter. And I've been supporting him a lot, especially with those last few years in Seattle, because I thought the front office and Pete Curl kind of did him a disservice. Now, the last full the last time we seen Russell Wilson fully healthy, he was arguably considered he was like he was renowned as a top three quarterback. As a top three, like when his yeah. last full healthy year, he was looked upon as a top three to four quarterback. But then, like you said, as you already peaked, as you already kind of hinted to last year, he got hurt and the production just wasn't there. But it was kind of imminent that, like, that was probably going to be his last year in Seattle. So it was like, I, I kind of look at that year as a wash year. Like I, I think I think there's always some type of wash years with some all time greats. Like all time greats always have like a year where we look back and like uh, th- something just went wrong. And I think we're gonna probably look back at Russell Wilson's career and be like, yeah, that's the year where he got hurt. That was his last year in Seattle. Like it was kind of done. I think with Russ, he's such a. You're right. He is floating between like okay, some people got him as high as like three and four. But then some people got him as low as you. You said eleven. I, I, I want to talk to if I see Russell Wilson at eleven, I got to talk to that person. But yeah, he's at, he's at eight. I'm thinking Russ. This is a prove it year for him. I feel like, and it's it's interesting because when when Brady was getting older, as Rodgers was getting older, as those older quarterbacks was kind of aging, a lot of people thought, or at least Russell Wilson thought, like, hey, okay, this is my time to shine. This is this is my league. But now it's like Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert have kind of usurped that whole conversation. And now they're it's kind of like their league. So it's just a it's like yeah. a it's like a kind of like a bad, not a bad luck, but just some like unfortunate for Russell Wilson because it's like he's still and at, at age 33, he's still got some really, really good years left. But I think now it's about winning. 
I think it's like he's gonna have great numbers in Denver. I think he's gonna put I think he's gonna put it all together in Denver, but now he has to fulfill the shoes of Peyton Manning. And I know like there's been other quarterbacks that have been like, you know, that have played for the Broncos, but now like he like he's Russell Wilson's the successor of Peyton Manning. And he has to fulfill those shoes on the field and off the field and bring that connectivity. Um and that culture back to Denver, that winning culture back to Denver that Peyton bought. Yeah, with 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 Russell, I mean, like you said, last season just wasn't his best. Like the numbers just don't show him that much love. He still wasn't bad. People are gonna keep it like a terrible year. Was not still was a pretty good year. I, I yeah. would say it was pretty good. But love is you know as a starting quarterback on majority of the NFL teams. Yeah, like you said, right now he's going to a stage of his career, similar to like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady with the Bucks, where it's just all about the winning. The numbers are kind of secondary. It's more about like, does he like his situation? Does a coach fit? I'm just scared, like Nathaniel Hackett. Like, I, I just don't know if that's the guy. Like, I mean, we have Dak, we have McCarthy. Like, it's coach matters. Like, coach matters in the playoffs. I don't think people understand that if you don't really have a top 10 coach, you probably don't win playoff games. I don't care who's your quarterback. It's like, that's, it just doesn't happen. So that's what's kind of scaring me. I think it's the receivers. I mean, technically it's a downgrade from Seattle, but like overall, they're still really good. You still have Corliss Sutton. You still got Judy, Tim Patrick, KT Hamler. Lost tight end, but overall, they have a new one. The old line is better. It's not like a, a great old line, but like, what's, like, like what we said, with um with the Bengals, it just has to be average at each spot. Mm-hmm. Just don't have a bad player on the line because right. they'll just double and go with that bad player. The bad player will make the other good players look worse. Like that's just the rule of offensive line play. So that's the difference. I think Seattle had too many bad offensive linemen with like one good Dwayne Brown. Like that just isn't that wasn't gonna work that out. That wasn't gonna work. It wasn't gonna work out. It's like, and, and he also has like different types of receivers. Like, kind of locking in deep a lot of big games. You know, we know he's at least he'll at least have really six. Well, no, he'll have four because I mean he he has to play the Raiders, right? But yeah, was it the? I mean, he has six. Six, he has six could be. Yeah, yeah. So you have the, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. Automatically, six hard hard teams. So the, the, the beginning of the schedule is like really easy. I think they'll start hot, and hopefully, he can just keep treading. So I think this season is going to be really big on his legacy, how people like look at him after the Legion of Boom years. I, I, absolutely. And like with Nathaniel Hackett, first year head coach, that's always kind of a thing. Uh, I know Nathaniel Hackett has some, ex- he's very, he, he runs a similar style offense um, to Schottenheimer. Uh, Schott- he, you know, Russ, Russ has Schottenheimer a little bit in Seattle, but then Schottenheimer and Pete Curl fell out because of philosophy, you know, philosophy differences and so forth. Um, so we, we'll see how that translates with Russ. But to your point, like, Russ is he's definitely in a better situation. Like, he's he's in a better situation to win in Denver. Um, now, it's going to be a little bit harder. Um, and I think with Russ, I'm, I don't, I think the you, you pointed out those six big division games. Over the past several years, he's been playing a pretty damn like he played in the best division, you know, over the past several years, the NFC West, which one, you know, once was the best division um in football, where, you know, like those division games were big versus the Rams, versus the Niners, for you know, the Cardinals were emerging and so forth. So yeah. I, I, he's kind of used to that. Um I for Russ, I'm just hoping um he can like the winning can 
come, you know, come into play. And those we don't look back at those Legion of Boom years, as you mentioned, and say, hey, you know, Russ, outside of like without the defense, like he hasn't really done much in the postseason. And yeah, and and there's really no excuse because I always use the reasoning of like, hey, I thought Pete Curl in Seattle's front office transactionally after the Legion of Boom had separated and dispersed, I thought transactionally like Seattle made a lot of bad moves, like trading for Jamal Adams, uh, giving up two first rounders for Jamal Adams, and then also paying him. Um, you know, like yeah, I was that was like. Huge like, the like a one. huge no no. Thank you, thank you, Dallas, for not doing that. You know, they traded for Jimmy Graham, even though Jimmy Graham didn't quite fit what they wanted to do schematically. You know, yeah, they got Dwayne Brown, but Dwayne Brown, he's a he's a good left tackle, not elite, but he's good. But the rest of the yeah. offensive line, Horace, horrendous. Um, and then you have like, like as you mentioned. As good as Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf is, like they're both similar guys, just with different bodies. Um, in terms of th- there's no there was no like in-between game with Seattle. It was like deep shot or bus for Seattle. I think with Denver, you're getting more complex, you're getting more complexity, you're getting more versatility with the running game, with the receivers, and then I think their defense will be better. And because that's another whole another thing where Seattle after the Legion of Boom era, their defense tremendously fell off. Um, and they found themselves, you know, being ranked in the bottom, you know, the bottom half of the league um, for a lot of those years uh, that Russ spent, the you know, the past five years that Russ uh, spent in Seattle. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that's pretty much everything. Yeah, definitely. I, feel I think like we hit most stuff on, on the quarterbacks. If anyone has any questions, and I think we hit – I think I think it shouldn't be any questions left. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think we did a pretty good job hitting that on um, you know, hitting on those, discussing the list, breaking down the list, and so forth. But I'm gonna let you go, Ron. I know you're busy. I know you're getting ready for your trip. So enjoy, be safe. Uh, like for I sure. said, also everybody listening, go, go. I'm gonna have the link in the description. You can listen to Ron's podcast and so forth. If you want to continue to listen to the M and R show, I, I I'm sure they greatly appreciate that. But go check out his po- his solo podcast. That should be fire. Uh, once again, I greatly appreciate you, my guy, for coming on, showing love once again. Yep. All right. Love joining the IKP, and you all continue to listen to this episode. For sure. All right. All right. Yeah. So, quarterback talk. Now, I want to get to one last – I know that was – that was we did – Probably did about 30 minutes, 30 minutes plus. So I want to, uh, I'm going to, obviously, I'm going to wrap this bad boy up very soon. But I want to talk about another quarterback. I want to talk about the 49ers quarterback situation with Trey Lance um, really quickly. I don't want to hold you guys too long, but I want to talk. I, w- I do want to get to Trey Lance. All right. So welcome back real quickly. Like I said, I wanted to get the Trey Lance. Um, I haven't. I feel like I haven't talked about Trey Lance in this 49ers situation in a while, right? I feel like I haven't gotten to it, but I'm gonna get to it now. And I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna lay out some reasons. Some reasons that I think Trey Lance is gonna work out. Now, as I now as a disclaimer, right? 
even since Trey Lance has come into the league, dating back to his first preseason, dating back to even, you know, some snaps that he had in the regular season, the 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 main and the top concern um that remains to be seen is his accuracy and his mechanics. It's a very it's a funky release. He has a funky throwing motion. It it, it can be funky at times and that plays and it, it has a it impacts his accuracy. It very much impacts his accuracy. So his accuracy is about 57%. He's completing about 57% of his passes. That's that's low. That's low. That that needs to raise um you know th- that needs to raise at least 3 to 5% more. Like that that needs to get in the, at least into the low 60s. Um but I'm going to let but like I was saying, he has and I love to hear what his teammates have said about him and how they have described him. Um he's a mature guy. And he has all of the characteristics and the tools to be really good, a really good quarterback. He does, but it's the accuracy. The accuracy is a huge, um, a huge issue, and it could really make or break uh, Trey Lance, right? But I'm going to lay out some reasons, and they're simple reasons as to why I think Trey Lance could be a really good story for the 49ers. First, Kyle Shanahan's offense. Kyle Shanahan offense, literally every quarterback has had success in. Um, and I think a lot of that is because Kyle Shanahan's system is not quarterback dependent. Like the quarterback doesn't need to be superb. Um, but we have seen a litany of quarterbacks, a list of quarterbacks who don't have and who don't possess the necessary, like they don't possess the same physical traits um, or twos that Trey Lance have, but they have they have been really productive in this offense. Matt Schaub was a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, Matt Ryan, MVP caliber quarterback. He won MVP. Kirk Cousins in Washington. Like, so, like, Jimmy Garoppolo. They, a lot of quarterbacks have had success, and a big part of that is because it's not really, it, it, it's not really a quarterback um centric offense it's not dependent on the quarterback being able to you know be this otherworldly guy now it just so happens that Trey Lance unlike Matt Schaub unlike Matt Ryan unlike uh Jimmy Garoppolo unlike some of these other guys that Kyle Shanahan has had in the past Trey Lance can actually do a little bit more because of those physical traits and his athleticism and so forth. So that's even more upside. Uh, so that's one reason. Another reason is the 49ers have a championship caliber roster. Like this roster is really, really good. Two championship games in the last three years, um, a Super Bowl appearance. Like, this team is really good. They have a really nice nucleus and core on both sides of the ball. Like I said, front office is really good, but they have a they have a championship caliber roster. So it's going to be very, very hard to, like, screw it up. Like, even if Trey Lance was to start this year, it would be very difficult for him to screw it up because his team around him, the surrounding weapons around him are really good. Like, he's playing with A-caliber 
weapons. A caliber. He has an A tight end. D- Debo Samuel, a, a, a weapon, an elite weapon. He has one of the best offensive lines in football and the best left tackle in football in, Trey, in Trent Williams. Defensively, has a great pass rush. Secondary, uh, secondary, secondary might still be a little bit shaky because that's the 49ers' weak spot. But defensively, the front seven is solid, as solid as you can probably get in the league. So on both sides of the ball, Trey Lance, he has a lot at his disposal, especially offensively. And like I said, Kyle Shanahan system, it's not quarterback dependent. The quarterback does not have to be superb. So that's that's another reason. The next reason is the NFL is very, very quarterback friendly. I feel like a lot of these young quarterbacks that's been coming into the league, they've kind of panned out. Now, some obviously not all of them, but the, the but the way how the game is played, the way how the game is officiated with all of the variations that these creative offensive coaches can come up with and Trey Lance have one of the, he has one of those elite offensive minds in Kyle Shanahan the league is very quarterback friendly it's very offensive centric so that's another advantage in Trey Lance's favor where it's like hey you know okay you have a offensive genius as a coach in Kyle Shanahan you got a superb roster on both sides and the league is very, very much quarterback friendly. And then my last, my last reason as to why I think Trey Lance can he, I think why as to why I think he can be a good NFL story, a good 49er story. Uh, the reason why I think he can pan out is because, as I've already mentioned, he has the traits like the the in terms of like the athleticism, the arm strength, the the just the arm talent, like all of that is there. All of those characteristics that you see, Mahomes and Josh Allen, like Trey Lance, good size, 6'4", good arm, athletic, nice arm talent. He, he, he got a, some nice spin on the ball. It's just sometimes the accuracy is, uh, is, is shaky. But in terms of having all of the traits to be a really good quarterback in this league, Trey Lance, had, he possesses and he checks a lot of the boxes. He checks a lot of the boxes. So those are, those are my reasons. And like I said, they're simple reasons, but those are my reasons as to why I think Trey Lance could potentially work out for the 49ers. And if you if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you would know that I've been I've been really high on Trey Lance. Um I was high on Trey Lance uh when the 49ers drafted him. I I I saw the vision. I like where they were going. Um and like I said, these are just, I think they're simple reasons, but these are reasons as to why I think Trey Lance can work out. Kyle Shanahan being able to scheme up, being able to scheme with the best of them. Kyle Shanahan is one of the best offensive minds that this game has currently. The 49ers have a ready-to-win roster right now. The league is very quarterback centric and offensive friendly and then Trey Lance he possesses and checks a lot of the boxes that you need to be really really good in this league as a quarterback especially in today's game like he checks a lot of the boxes he checks a lot of the boxes now the accuracy that's that's a huge issue 
And like I said, that can be a deal breaker that can make or break this whole thing. But Trey Lance checks a lot of the boxes. <laughs> he checks a lot of the boxes. And, you know, this year, if he does start, he'll be he'll probably be um not probably. He he will be the third best quarterback in his division. Now you gotta hope that at some point over the past over the next coming years, he can get better than that. But at this point, if he's starting, he's the third best quarterback in the NFC West behind Matt Stafford and Kyla Mary. I would argue that the Niners um roster wise, they have just as good, if not a better roster than the Cardinals, than the Rams. That's a bit more it's a bit more complicated, but the 49ers have shown that they can beat the Rams. So with Trey Lance, it, it, the opportunity is here. I think it can work. He's in a really, really good position. And I know people are like, Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, should have drafted Mac Jones. You still would be in the same predicament. Mac Jones would be the third best quarterback in this division easily. And Mac Jones doesn't, he doesn't, I'm not going to say he doesn't check all the boxes. But Mac Jones does not have the upside nor the ceiling that a Trey Lance has. Now, whether or not Trey Lance can reach that upside in that ceiling, that remains to be seen. But his ceiling and his upside is significantly higher than Mac Jones. And Mac Jones is going to be pretty good. And he has been pretty good. He's been pretty good. But Trey Lance's ceiling is higher. So, you know, I know a lot of people, I know, I know a lot of people like the pushback on the Trey Lance pick. And I know a lot of people, you know, like, hey, Mac Jones, he looks pretty good. And Boy and I should have took him. Well, they still be in the same boat where, like, they have the third best quarterback in the division. And the only difference is, hey, Mac Jones doesn't nearly possess the, you know, some of the traits and skills that, you know, that uh, Trey Lance have. Trey Lance have. But those are my reasons as to why I think Trey Lance can possibly and potentially and probably will work out in San Francisco. Um, because a, a lot of those things that I name, almost everything matters and it counts. Like, Coach, coaching matters. Front office matters. You know, quality of roster matters. And then having those traits, you got to have those. Trey Lance checks all the boxes. He checks a lot of the boxes. I'm not, you know, like I'm not expecting him to be a superstar this year. I'm not expecting him to light it up this year. But he checks a lot of the boxes. We had to, We got to see how this thing you know, how this thing continues to translate um, and play out in San Francisco. But without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, as much as I did. I really enjoyed this episode. I feel like I we, I feel like we got a lot done today. It's a pretty long episode, um, but I hope you, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, I had Ron come on and so forth. So like I said, I have his stuff um, in the link of the description, so you guys can check that out. But um, always remember, two choices, one decision. I'm your boy, host, humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kitt. I'm out. Peace. Deuces. Gone.